BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. We have scientific evidence that masks effectively and dramatically reduce the spread of COVID-19, yet myths about mask wearing abound. Let's put them to rest and mask up. As scientists work overtime to learn about the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, and how to fight it, our latest understanding of the virus constantly changes. Our understanding of mask wearing is no exception. So let's dispel some of those myths. First myth, we don't actually know if masks can prevent the spread of COVID-19. Well, the more we learn about the virus and how it's spread, the more evidence we find to support the benefits of wearing a mask. When we talk, we produce oral fluid droplets, a fancy phrase for spit that can carry viral particles capable of infecting others. These droplets come in a range of sizes, and the smaller droplets can travel farther because they're lighter. One group measured just how far by highlighting the paths of spittle with lasers and high-speed video. You should check out their video if you want to be simultaneously amazed and grossed out. You can find a link with the transcript of this episode on our website. They saw that speaking just one phrase, stay healthy, generated droplets as small as 20 microns and as large as 500 microns in size. But when the speaker placed a damp washcloth over their mouth, none of the droplets made it through. There's also some evidence to suggest that the same amount of droplets are produced when talking as when sneezing or coughing, activities we more commonly associate with viral spread. And the evidence also shows that those speaking-generated droplets are smaller, which makes them capable of further spread. But some epidemiologists argue that the strongest evidence for the importance of masks is looking at overall case counts in places where people wear masks versus places where people don't. Countries where mask wearing is more of a cultural norm show lower death rates from the virus. Another example, the increase in coronavirus cases in Washington, D.C. slowed noticeably after a mask mandate was put into place. There are also studies of individual events where masks clearly prevented transmission. For example, two hairstylists in Missouri saw 140 clients while they were infected with COVID-19 and thus likely contagious, but not a single client tested positive. Everyone had been wearing a mask. Second myth, the mask advice keeps changing, so it's just going to change again. If I'm not sick, I don't need to wear a mask. While the origins of this myth are easy to understand, the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control 
both recommend wearing masks to slow the spread of the virus, and masks are mandated in several states and countries. But this wasn't always the case. In fact, in the U.S., we were first told the opposite. So now some wonder why they should bother with the inconvenience of a mask when it doesn't seem like the health experts are even sure they help. As we've just heard, there's no doubt that wearing even a cloth mask can substantially slow the spread of the virus because it helps you keep your spittle droplets to yourself. What has changed since the start of the pandemic is our understanding of how important it is to control those droplets. Epidemiologists and infectious disease experts at the University of California, San Francisco, one of the leading research hospitals in the United States, note a few reasons for this shift. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. First, we now know that asymptomatic spread is playing a role in spreading the virus. This means that not only can you be infected without knowing it, but you can also pass the virus on to someone else who may suffer far more dire consequences. Back when we thought only those with symptoms were spreading the virus, masks seemed less necessary, since hopefully those symptomatic people were staying home until they felt better. Just how prevalent is asymptomatic spread? We still don't know the answer to that, but researchers are getting close. Individual studies have given a huge range of results. A cruise ship in Japan, for example, found 18% of passengers that tested positive for the virus were asymptomatic. But then a study of over 3,000 inmates who tested positive for coronavirus in four prisons in the United States found that 96% of those patients were asymptomatic. But now our database of coronavirus cases is large enough that researchers can begin to sample across populations. Those samples include people of different ages and with different pre-existing conditions, including prior exposure to disease. A trend is starting to emerge. One investigation that combined data from over a dozen literature studies found that between 30 to 45 percent of those infected with the virus do not show symptoms. Of course, that means they may not even know they have it. And it's worth noting that when it comes to COVID-19, asymptomatic doesn't mean unaffected. Growing evidence shows that those who contract the virus and show no obvious symptoms may still face long-term health effects. Asymptomatic COVID-19 patients have shown haziness in their lungs and even brain disorders. 
A second and related reason for the change in mask messaging is the possibility of pre-symptomatic spread of the virus. We now know that you can spread the virus before you show any symptoms yourself. In fact, peak transmissibility, the period of time when you are most contagious, may even be one to two days before you show any symptoms. One study published in Nature Medicine estimated that 44% of patients who contracted the virus got it from someone who was pre-symptomatic. Finally, a third reason we in the U.S. may have been told that we did not need to wear masks at the beginning of the pandemic was the critical shortage of personal protective equipment, or PPE, in our hospitals. Given the consumer-driven panic in the early days of the pandemic that led to grocery shelves cleared of toilet paper and bleach, public health experts feared that a run on the market for medical-grade masks would leave hospitals in even more dire need. On to the next myth. A mask only helps others, not me. Let's assume that you don't need to be convinced to care about your friends and neighbors and look at this question from a purely science-driven angle. Who does a mask protect? Non-medical-grade face masks, including cloth masks and bandanas, are most effective at trapping your own spittle droplets and thus protecting those around you should you be carrying the virus. They are not a filter small enough to refuse entry to microscopic viral particles. And they also don't cover your eyes, another possible entry point for the virus. So health experts make it clear that we should not bask in a false sense of security when wearing a mask. But there are benefits to the wearer. For example, it's not always possible to stay six feet apart, like when buying groceries or on public transportation. If someone were to sneeze on me, I know I'd feel better having some barrier between us rather than nothing. If you have a well-fitting mask that you don't constantly adjust, face masks can also remind you not to touch your face. And perhaps most importantly, reducing the spread of the coronavirus ultimately protects all of us by reducing our chances of encountering the virus when we go out. It's a no-brainer that the fewer people who have the virus, the better for all of us. Next myth. I don't need to wear a mask if I'm social distancing. Experts still recommend wearing a mask even when social distancing. We see far more evidence of the virus being passed through respiratory droplets and thus contact with other people than we do via contact with surfaces. So if you're wiping down your groceries or watching what you touch outside your house, you should definitely also be wearing a mask. And for our final myth, masks create a toxic buildup of carbon dioxide. So let's dispel this myth that you will somehow pass out from breathing in too much of the carbon dioxide you exhale behind your mask. For those looking for an excuse not to wear a mask, this claim of the risk of hypercapnia, toxic levels of carbon dioxide in the blood, seems reasonable. But there is no evidence to support it. Most masks worn by the public are not airtight and thus can't effectively trap enough carbon dioxide to affect the wearer. And now let's think logically about the fact that surgeons and other medical workers and caregivers wear masks all the time. Their masks are far more constrictive than the ones the rest of us wear. 
Not only that, but medical workers wear masks for longer stretches of time. They don't experience hypercapnia. One study of nurses during the SARS epidemic in 2006 found that healthcare workers wearing N95 masks for long stretches experienced headaches, which the CDC notes would likely occur before any dizziness. It's worth noting, though, that chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, and sleep apnea both can cause hypercapnia. So if you have one of these conditions and are concerned about wearing a mask, consult your doctor. Simulations of viral spread have shown that if 80% of the population wore masks that were just partially or about 60% effective, like a cloth mask worn with a minimal amount of fussing with it, then the reproduction rate of the virus, called its R-value, would drop below 1, meaning the disease would die out. Other simulations show that if 80% of the population wore masks, the result would be more of a reduction in the virus than a complete, strict lockdown. I know that I'd pick a small face covering over a lockdown any day. Until next time, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwell with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.